This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Tech Talk, brought to you by Cellcom Business. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome uh, to Tech Talk this morning. I'm on the phone with uh, Theodoric Chu. He is the CEO of Intellect. And Intellect is the largest and fastest growing mental health tech company in Asia, serving over 3 million users and leading organizations globally through their mental health platform. Also selected as one of Google's best apps of 2020, they are backed by leading investors, including Insignia Venture Partners, Y Combinator, XA Network, and an extensive list of family officers, big tech executives, and renowned angel investors. Uh, Theodoric, thank you very much for joining me on the phone today. Hey, Richard. Great to, great to be here. Thanks for having me. My, my absolute pleasure. Now, um, talk to me a, a little bit about um, mental health care in Asia. Um, why was this something that you felt you needed to address or, or, or talk about, or in fact, you know, get involved in the business of? Yeah, definitely. So, so I think it's a big question, and I, I like to just take a step at it from a bit about what we do at Intellect, as you very nicely introduced. So, mm. at its core, Intellect it's a mental health tech company. Uh, and what we often strive to do is to provide basically a modern-day, easily accessible mental health care system for Asia, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And a place that we believe has a lot of stigma and nuances that prevents people from who need care, who need support, mm-hmm. to get access easily as well. So mm-hmm. with, with that context, as, as you asked, right, what makes um, me look into the space and well, it's something that I felt I needed to address. So two fronts here. Um, on the one hand, um, it, it's a personal journey. I, I've been through therapy since I was um, in high school. I had anxiety, mm-hmm. had panic attacks when I was younger, um, mm-hmm. went through therapy since I was 16 and, and really saw the benefits of how um, it supported me from coping with anxiety firstly, but more towards the later years. Um, dealing with the general ups and downs in, in life that we all face and helping me just become a better person. So, so that's right. a personal piece there. Um, but more, I think, in the broader landscape, um, what was really clear to me was that a lot of people in Asia struggle, right? Not necessarily clinically, um, but a lot of them with smaller issues, um, everyday struggles, waking up feeling lousy, stressed out about mm. work, about relationships or finances, but not having a real outlet to turn to, right, for, mm-hmm. for the easy support. So that's where it all started and happy to go deeper into, into how this all actually went on as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's great. And, and it's nice that somebody's, you know, opening up about it and, and wearing their heart on their sleeve uh, and, and saying this is something we need to deal with. Which brings me to my next question. You know, we know there's been rising healthcare issues here in Southeast Asia, particularly for mental health care. And as such, there, there's, there seems to be a, a little bit more awareness, uh, particularly uh, as we've come to the end of the pandemic. And in the middle of the pandemic, people were beginning to talk about these things. Do yeah. you see any kind of progress towards acceptance of people that have to deal with you know, their mental well-being? Definitely. So I think we've come a long way. And, and, and one of the few silver linings, if any, of, of COVID, it's actually it brought a much larger spotlight to it. Um, our own personal mental health from from different yeah. lenses, from the individual lens, from the uh, 
a company standpoint, from the government standpoint as well, across countries. And it's one thing that's quite hard to deny when you're cooped up at home, you've got cabin mm-hmm. fever, you're locked up with people that you love, but maybe want to have a bit of space from sometimes. So I think I think that's been uh, very clear. There's been a lot of um, growth in, in awareness of the space itself. Um, I'll take a bit of a step back and, and say that where we started off from um, in terms of the Asian mental perspective has been a bit more uh, slow to pick up the pace, right? As compared to maybe in the US and Europe and North America, where yeah. it's, it, there, are, there are stigmas in place in the West, but definitely a bit more open to, dis- to be discussed, right? Whereas in Asia, mm-hmm. I think there's been historically and traditionally a lot of perceptions that it's more clinically distressed. It's things that maybe you're ill, you're unwell, you're sick. Versus mm-hmm. areas whereby all of us actually have different forms of mental health struggles at different parts of our lives. And we're not stuck in one category just because you're there. It's quite mm. great. We, we fluctuate mm. based on what we're going through. And, um, but with that, I, I think we've come a really good way um, in the past two years. And I think it's just getting started. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, I think in Asia in particular, over, over the last few years, I've definitely seen uh, changes in this direction. The, the fact that I can openly talk about these kind of things with, with colleagues and friends now, and yeah. you know, it, it's no longer seen as a, a quote unquote weakness if you have things that you need to talk about, um, which, which seemed to be the stigma that was attached a lot of the time to you know mental health issues. Okay, um, let's talk. Let, let's rewind a little bit then, and, and speak a little bit about the the spark kind of behind the app. You know, how long had you been planning to build it? And what was that process of, of development like? If you could talk me through that a little bit, please. Yeah, definitely. So Intellect, as a company in the bigger scheme of things, we're quite young. So we were founded mm. in late 2019 and we launched in early 2020. But um, as, as how tech and startups go, we, we've had the privilege of, of really growing and scaling uh, quite quickly as well. So as a shared, we've grown to serve over 300 people um, in just two years and, and very rapidly scaling up as well. So where it all started was um, professionally, I've been in tech for a good few years, worked with startups, worked with VCs, and um, have had a good exposure as to knowing how we can help scale things, right? Use tech to mm. actually scale things that are good. Um, tying that back with how actually, with my own personal journey that I've worked with therapists myself, I work with psychologists, how could we digitize and bring a little bite-sized piece of therapy, of mental health support, to the every person. It, it wouldn't be as immersive at day one, or it wouldn't be as effective as a face-to-face session, uh, but how right. can we bring that skill to it? Small people, they just simply get started. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's how we got all that started. Myself, my co-founder, and, and we actually worked uh, with, with um, now our clinical director uh, back then as well to, to come together, bring in different um, schools of thoughts from tech, from psychology, and build a digital form of uh, therapy, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did you manage to uh, secure funding, Theodoric? You know, what routes did you take, and were there any setbacks along the way? Yeah, uh, I think fundraising it's it's um it's something that gets talked a lot in, in the tech and startup scene today as well. It's really hard, I think, yeah. for any founder that you speak with. It's never a smooth journey, even if you've done this before. And um, I think for us, when we started this in in end twenty nineteen, and we started raising uh, funding in twenty twenty itself. Mental health as, as a category, it was still very nascent. So a lot of um, investors definitely were quite um, apprehensive as to, could this be a thing? Is this going to be adopted? Right. Um, so it, it definitely has, um, on top of the struggles of raising money, a bit of the setback in terms of the acceptance of the topic. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as we quickly saw throughout 2020 and 2021, um, the awareness for the space rapidly grew and, 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 and um, a lot more talk was happening about it. So 
with that, along with the growth that we saw, um, we mm. managed to actually get great people, investors backing us along the way. Mm-hmm. Now, um, just before we go to a break, I, I know you, you, you kind of, you're pretty much an entrepreneur through and through. Um, and and I, I've you know been reading a little bit about your background and I know that that journey can't always have been easy. Um, you know, personal issues aside, can you tell me about some of the setbacks you've, you've, you've uh, encountered along the way, whether or not that be, you know, business issues or, or, or whatever it might have been? Yeah, definitely. So I, I've been through, uh, I mean, I've been in the tech space for a bit. I did many different online um, endeavors, uh, startup before, and worked at different companies and startups as well. Uh, I think one of the key things that I'm cognizant of, it's, um, it's, net, it's never a straight journey. Everyone has different routes to actually getting towards what, what they think is a success or, or succeeding, right? Uh, but for us, I think, for me at least, it's been very key to at least um, hone the skills, right? Uh, to build um, knowledge of what I want to achieve. And in this case, is how do we scale something that's good? Um, and along the way itself, we, we've had the fortune of having a lot of great people, advisors, mentors that could actually support what we're doing. And I can definitely say it wasn't just me or my co-founder. It was actually a, a whole group team effort from different folks along our journey as well. Okay. On, hold that thought, Theodoric. We're going to go to a short break here. Uh, and when I come back, I want to pick up on things like, you know, technology in the role of people's mental well-being moving forward. Folks, you're tuned into Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9. I'm on the phone with Theodoric Chu. He is the CEO of Intellect, the, the largest and fastest growing mental health tech company in Asia, serving over 3 million users and leading organizations globally through their mental health platform. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. Stay tuned to Tech Talk, brought to you by Cellcom Business. Big, friendly, matcha. BFM 89.9, the business station. Tech Talk, brought to you by Cellcom Business. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Tech Talk. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone with uh, Theodoric Chu. He is the CEO of Intellect. If you're only just joining us, they're the largest and fastest growing mental health tech company in Asia. Um, Theodoric, just before the break, we were talking about you know your, your journey as an entrepreneur, um, you know how you managed to secure funding and one thing or another. I want to talk a little bit about um, the future um, and, and how important a role do you think um, – technology is going to play in people's mental well-being in the future. Definitely. So I think technology is quite undeniably, uh, whether we like it or not, going to be something that's it's what drives the a lot of what we do in the future as well, right? And not, not even speaking on AI, but just kind of how we do with software, with what we're doing right now, with working from home. Um, tech, it's, it's core to what, how I think the world is going to be and increasingly more and more. So uh, mm. when we bring in the topic of mental well-being and mental health, I think there is a lot of nuances behind what is good and what are precautions to be had in this space, right? Uh, the good for using tech in mental health, it's quite clear in the sense that it's scalable, right? And in the past, whereby it could actually only serve maybe one-on-one sessions, maybe a group session of one to three, one to five people. Um, yeah. You can now easily scale from one platform, one company, one team of us to millions of people, which, which we've done as well. So I think in, in, in that respect, there is quite a, a scaled up um, potential of, of, of good that we could do using tech for mental health. Um, mm-hmm. the, the next key thing is that with this scale, it brings on the cost quite tremendously for how 
people can get access to care. Uh, I think it's not right. news when you go and see a, a therapist, you go and see a professional mm-hmm. outside, pretty expensive one-on-one yeah. sessions. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with what we do, we, we bring that cost down by to, to, to just a fraction of it, right? Um, and, and some, because we work with a lot of companies, it's fully covered for by the, the employers themselves. So I think mm-hmm. that's a big part as well. I think with, with the next thing for us is how do we make things immersive? One, things I like, one thing I like to share quite often is that um, face-to-face therapy, face-to-face sessions are always going to be the most immersive, effective one. Uh, so, But our job is how do we bring it as close to that in a scalable way as possible. So for right. us, that means bringing virtual access to professionals, having different forms of things that makes it part of their journey uh, in their day-to-day lives. It's, it's what we do. And the mm. caveat is how do we keep it safe? How do we keep mm-hmm. it, uh, make sure that people's data are secure and um, confidential and private? And those are things that we constantly work towards prioritizing as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, how do you prioritize that? Just just before we move on to the, to the next question, you know, how is that data secured? If you don't mind me asking, definitely. So I think for us, um, there are many different ways to see. But for us, we always earn a side of how do we keep our users, our clients, our customers' data safe. So that means that anything they input on the app itself, we use the most secure layer of encryption. And this is one that gets a bit technical. We we use something called zero knowledge encryption, which basically yeah. means that. No one other than the, um, the the user's device himself can actually access the data. Not us, not employers, only them themselves. So that makes them assured that whatever they do or, or say, um, it's only for their eyes and ears only and, and no one else. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay. Um, that does bring me on to the, the question. And, and it's um, we do hear that spending a lot of uh, 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 of people spending a lot more time on their smart devices these days. And we also hear that um, spending time on a, uh, a smart device over time can have a negative impact on your mental health. Does this concern you, being as your app is obviously based on a smartphone yeah. app? <laughs> great, great question. So I, I think that's that's a very fair and right question to ask and, and even a thought that people believe and, and probe into. Where, where mm. I like to come from is that Technology is sort of like a blank canvas, right? What we what it comes out of it, it's how we make it to be. Um, social media, for, for for example, at least in its earliest days, pretty sure it wasn't intended to be any form of like a anxiety or stress inducer, but a way to Correct. connect people. But as yeah. things grow in scale, there are many different ways that people spin things off. People um, use it to their own advantages for, for better or for worse, right? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. for us as um, the creators of a platform that drives this um, agenda of mental health, we try and pick up one of the best parts of, of technology, right? As I touched on earlier, making it scalable. And yeah. we are very mindful about how, what are the potential pitfalls, downsides that needs to be mitigated or, or closely, carefully moderated, right? Um, mm-hmm. Confidentiality, mm-hmm. how people that are at risk can, can easily be guided towards um, uh, referral, towards high-touch care if they need to, and stuff like that. And making sure people aren't addicted, at least, right? Towards what we do. Yeah. Um, I, I think these are things that are, are very core to what we do, but... Back to the point earlier, I see technology as a, a blank canvas, right? And it's up to us to actually design this. And those that actually create that companies that, that um, have a big impact on people's lives, um, it's key that they also take this into their own um, hands as well. How do we guide mm-hmm. in, in a good way? Yeah. Okay. Now, um, you're doing very well with the Series A funding. Uh, your year-on-year revenue grew by over uh, 20 times in 2021. Uh, do you think all of this, uh, this acceleration, I guess, would have happened uh, without the pandemic? So, candidly, I believe that the pandemic has brought a lot of tailwinds towards the entire digital health uh, industry, digital health tech industry, right? So, right. besides us, I think we have changed how we see a doctor. We have changed how we 
um, eat and, and get food delivered. So a lot of what makes things convenient, remote, right, um, and almost virtual has boomed a lot. So without a doubt, I think the pandemic has driven up the adoption of mental health and, and more importantly, digital mental health as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. To, the, to the end, I think that it's a, it, it really isn't a, would it have happened if the pandemic didn't happen? I, I believe it's more matter of when it would have, have happened, right? So COVID more so accelerated the adoption of different technologies and, and, and needs uh, of changing how we, we live and behave as well. So I think right. that played a big part in how we grew. Okay. Um, now, um, mostly when we've discussed things today, or, or rather the, the questions I've spoken to you have been about you know, individuals coming to your platform. But talk to me a little bit about the employee benefits platform. How does that work? Yeah, definitely. So at its core, what Entlec offers is we offer modern workforces uh, a very easy way to offer every single employee uh, effective and personal mental well-being support system through our mobile app. So employees get access to self-guided programs, life coaches, life therapists, all within minutes and seconds in their own native tongue. So that's a key part of what we do. And be it a team of 50 people or be it a team of 50,000 people, we, we can easily support everyone in a personal manner through a platform. And that's what we've done for a lot of great companies and clients. And uh, that, that's what actually gives a lot of needed support in the pandemic when we're cooped up at home, um, we're, we're isolated from maybe friends or coworkers and gives mm-hmm. them that personal touch towards getting the mental well-being support that they need as well. Mm-hmm. I've got one question for you just before I let you go, Theodoric. Is how do you see um, intellect progressing over the next couple of years? I, I know it's kind of asking you to delve into your crystal ball, so to speak, but obviously you're an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs have to have plans. Tell me a yeah. little bit about those plans for the next couple of years. Definitely. So, and, and like the mission of what we're trying to build, it's um, we're, we're not trying to build a self care app, not just trying to build a uh, employees' benefits platform. We are truly trying to build an entirely new mental health care system for Asia, right? One that actually overcomes the barriers of uh, stigma, of cost, of people feeling comfortable getting care easily. Um, mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to build. Whether you're in Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Hong Kong, Japan, uh, we're scaling out a new way to, to get mental well being support across the whole region. And I think that's especially important in Asia. Not, not that it's not important anywhere else, but because in Asia, we have so high levels of distress, um, mm. mental health disorders, suicide rates, and yet it's also, in, in kind of an ironic and paradox kind of way, the highest levels of stigma towards adopting support that we need as well. So mm. our job is really scaling out what we do so that everyone can get support anywhere they are, no matter what their background is. Wonderful. Uh, Theodoric, thank you very much uh, for spending time with me today. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure, Richard. Folks, I've been on the phone with uh, Theodoric Chu. He is the CEO of Intellect. And if you're only just joining us, they are the largest and fastest growing mental health tech company in Asia. If you missed any part of the show, download the podcast wherever you normally download it from. I recommend you use the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For Tech Talk, I'm Rich Bradbury here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Tech Talk was brought to you by Cellcom Business. Get serious about cybersecurity and secure your business's digital future at business.cellcom.com.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.